welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we are doing episodes 12 through 16 of Mr. Sunshine. Did I do it? Yeah, 13 through 16. 13 through 16. Uh, gee dang it, I almost did it. <laughs> it's good enough. <laughs> Have to mess up at least one. um it's weird not being done with the show at episode 16 yeah um especially because these episodes felt really dramatic like it didn't feel like we came to an ending by any means but episode 15 felt like a really and 14 both felt like really like penultimate we're getting to the end episodes in how dramatic they were but Uh uh-huh they like not everything was resolved that's for sure uh also i just want to say like i loved the drama in these episodes um right yeah they were it was really good one of my notes uh oh no my notes tab closed out that's fine i didn't want to talk (laughs) about forever yeah (laughs) it's fine i taught i think it was episode 14 Mm. that i was like uh really into the drama. I think that was the one where everyone was trying to kill Eugene just constantly. Yeah. Because Dongmei was arrested and just so everybody turned on Eugene. <laughs> Which I felt like if it were a normally paced K drama with 16 episodes, episode 14 would have had me like so anxious. As it were, it was intense and I really liked the drama that they created but i would have thought for sure he was gonna die at the end of the episode if this were a 16 episode drama yep i would have been like oh okay and then the rest of the drama is them dealing with the fallout of a main character dying okay yeah whoa this is the only show where i would have believed that two episodes from the end they could kill off a main character and still have so much to work with that I would have been interested in. Oh. Uh. As it were, I wasn't as worried because there are so many episodes left. Yeah, it was um it was a comfort in that way because there was so much happening through those episodes that I just any other time I would have been scared, but I kept on getting really scared that we were going to lose someone that we had fallen in love with and instead we lost someone that eugene really loved we lost joseph oh and that was really hard but it was interesting because i was expecting to be personally hurt by a loss but instead i was hurt through eugene and they did a really good Mm -hmm. job with that because i i did i didn't cry at any point but i was so devastated for him and obviously the actor who plays Eugene killed me because he was so sad and so good so good we love a man who can cry in the street in front of a crowd of people and just be torn open like that what a powerful scene I think the only time I got like choked up very close to crying was when Aishin snuck into his room and recited Joseph's letter to him. Oh my gosh. How? How do they keep the pain going for that long? They did I mean, and they kept throughout that episode, they kept reciting that same letter and every time I was still so sad because it was so beautifully worded. Uh Uh-huh. And it hurt a lot. And they've, they've done such a good job within these four episodes to make that death matter, both to Eugene and showing the repercussions for the country as a whole, especially since suddenly Joseph was involved with the emperor, they make it matter and they make you emotionally invested in it consistently. And I think that's so hard to do, to make you care about this tertiary character so much. Yeah, that didn't up till this point get that much screen time. Like, they didn't show us a lot of his more connective scenes with Eugene's character until after his death. 
So it was really mm-hmm. interesting having that kind of leveraged in a world that we've already been in. Because I've seen stuff like that where maybe a parent dies like in the past or something in a K-drama. And then you see clips and scenes with them throughout the K-drama that that kind of attaches you a little bit more to the character, maybe. But this is the first time I've really seen someone that we didn't see much of die, and then we get so much more of their character content, like, post-mortem. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool layout for how they did it. And like you said, they did a really good job of making it emotional, even though we weren't previously attached to him. And kind of displaying all of that emotion through Eugene and his memories and him trying to cope with the loss of a father figure. It was really good. And I think I think part of what kept me so invested was that it wasn't just riding on sadness, which could have been a lot. That could have carried a lot of weight is just showing how sad Eugene was at his loss. But they didn't stick with just that. They added these layers of his honor being tarnished. Like that scene where the emperor is like, I guess we just throw him under the bus and disavow any influence he had on me or this kingdom. And you just feel that. You feel that on behalf of Eugene and on behalf of Joseph. And I think that's what kept it going for as long as they did was these different emotions where you're sad at his loss but you're also so frustrated on his behalf and you want Eugene to find the killer so bad that you're interested and just all of these different emotions I think you don't really have the opportunity for all of those with a typical k-drama where a parent has passed away and you're just dealing with grief which is something that is obviously beautiful and very human, but because I, thank God, have not experienced the loss of a parent, I don't really connect with. So to have these other emotions to hang on to, I think, helped me get a lot more emotionally invested in the loss of Joseph. Yes, yeah, and it was another thing that they utilized the flashbacks to make that hurt more, too. Like, they they utilized the flashbacks so well to make even the, the different emotions more potent because they showed that clip of Joseph talking about how he doesn't approve of another country coming in and uh, and essentially oppressing and stepping on the throat of another country to further their own self-interest and their own wealth and he's happy to help Joseon to remedy this in any way that he can and so you also get to see like just how much of a betrayal of his character it is that they do throw him under the bus and completely tarnish his name oh it hurts so bad and that's all I wanted (laughs) (laughs) um i have gone from i don't care for kyle Moore to if anything happens to kyle Moore, then it better mean that everyone else has died too oh my god (laughs) i'm very concerned that i'm gonna be really embarrassed if my trust is betrayed in any way my newfound trust in Kyle Moore. Like, I'm gonna be so embarrassed that I didn't hold on to my distrust, which I think even that thought means that I'm holding on to just a small amount of distrust Uh still, but I love his character so much. Seeing him stand up to Minister Allen was one of the most iconic scenes of this show. Yes. Oh my god, you didn't need to do that. We love to see it. What is happening? Like, he's not in the show very much, and I kind of appreciate that. I don't need too much Kyle Moore. He's a lot as a character, but when he comes through for his boy, it's so good. Every time. Every time. And that makes me so... That's who I thought, if we lost anyone, I did think it was going to be Kyle Moore, and I was going to be really sad. 
and then we didn't lose Kyle Moore. Or Gunner Jung. Gunner Jung, I feel like, is always ready, like, one foot out the door, just because he's such a lovable secondary character that's so good and so good to Aishin that I feel like it's either, it's one of the bros, you know, one of the bros is gonna go. I'm so worried about him. The cliffhanger of episode 16, where all the gunners are going to deliver the letters. Jason and I were like, Almost in tears at that, too, because we were like, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I don't know if any of those good boys are coming back. Yeah, and it's super scary because you don't know who to trust, and it doesn't feel like anyone that we don't trust knows about that, but dang, they know the, the bad ones know a lot of things, and that uh-huh. eclipse scene was really foreboding. <laughs> it's, uh... It was hard because it was so beautifully done. Like, the special effects were amazing. On par with every other effect in this show. Beautifully intense. But then there's just that little part of you that's like, does everybody need to stare into the sun? That's just, oh. I know that your science hasn't taught you this yet, but if you keep staring (laughs) at that, you're really going to ruin your eyes. You're really not going to have a good time. (laughs) Please stop staring into the sun. I feel like it's got to hurt your eyes. Mm -hmm. Please stop looking at it. Yeah, but everyone is. So we'll see who's blind by episode 17. Uh Uh-huh. Is it Hina? Is it Dongmei? Or is it Huisong? We'll see. Um, Song is the guy that I, for sure, went into this show being like, he could die and I'd be okay with that. Like, I think he'll grow to be a likable enough character that when they take him away, I'll be sad. But I'll be okay when he dies. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. I will die with him. Yep. <laughs> he'll take us all with him. And we'll prefer it that way, because we don't want to live in a world without Huisong. You're not allowed to make so many good characters, Mr. Sunshine. Cut it out. I can't love this much. You get five, and they're like, no, no, no. We get 15 (laughs) wonderful characters that you love, that you are in love with, that you can't imagine your world without. How does that sound? It's like, okay, well, who's... I don't like it. You have to tell me who you're going to kill ahead of time then so I don't get attached. They're not going to. No, no, I think they're going to hurt us. I think what they're going to do is just exact emotional damage that I'll never recover from. Thanks, (laughs) K-drama. I'm just such a passive enough person that I'm like, but what if Aishin and Huisong did get married? It just seems like the best case scenario. He seems like he'd be fine with an affair, girl. He seems... I think he'd be okay with it. Also a threesome. I think he's kind of into Eugene. (laughs) I really do also think... I think he's into (laughs) Eugene. I think he's a little bit into Dongmei. Uh-huh. Every time Eugene, Dongmei, and Huisung were on the scene, were on the screen, either just two of them or all three of them together, I would be like, I ship it. I don't know. Like, are we supposed to? I know it's just a bromance, but wouldn't it be so much more convenient if the three of them ran off together and forget about Aishin and they're like, she can do her thing. Like, she can handle herself. Mm-hmm. We'll go live our own lives wherever together. in the new world that we can find together. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Their chemistry, those three, their chemistry is off the charts, you know? And if it's, if all we get is bromance, still their bromance chemistry is off the charts. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised or upset if we took it to a different level here. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to, but we'll just, we'll just put it on the table over here. Yeah, just saying right now, like, two years after the K-drama was created. (laughs) If you decide to change course, that is fine. Um, That's fine. I didn't know that I needed a scene with the three of them looking up at a flowering tree. I didn't know that I wanted that or that it would bring comfort to my cold soul. 
Um, but it did. It really did. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Was it supposed to be like this? Am I supposed to be so warm and fuzzy all the time in this show? I'm <laughs> uncomfortable with it. I'm uncomfortable with how beautiful everything is and how happy it makes me feel. I feel I like you're going to take these good feelings. A good ending. No, they're going to take all of these, uh, like, I just feel like we're cashing in emotional debt and the show is going to turn around and ask for it all back, you know? Like, <laughs> they're like, okay, here's all of these good feelings that you can't afford to feel and I want it all back at the end. Thank you. Give it back now. And I hate that. And they're doing it slowly. You know, they're not surprising us. There are so many scenes here and there, mostly involving Lewanik. When Lewanik is appointed the job he always wanted that I forget. Minister of Foreign Affairs, maybe? Yeah, got it in one. Nice. And when the emperor decides to use the Daiichi banknotes, it just all hurts a little bit. Just these losses here and there. Yep. And his creepy, evil face. And the way he looks up at the (laughs) other minister, who I don't know what that guy's job is, other than being, like, the emperor's best friend. Uh Uh-huh. Um... But the look he gives him is sinister. Like, how is it that he didn't just get executed as a traitor for that one look? Because that sucks. I'm sorry. How how has nobody just murdered him? I feel like (laughs) it's not that difficult to murder people in this country. And I'm trying to riddle out what would happen if he died because he has all of these connections where obviously there would be some sort of repercussion but would the repercussion of him dying really be worse than what he's gonna do while he's alive right it just feels like mostly the repercussion would be like his creepy spider web will finally crumble like all of his connections Mm -hmm. will just be nothing um But, you know, people, I guess, are really afraid of something. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel like a situation where, like, it's a hydra, and if you kill him, two other people who are so much worse will rise up. Like, there is no... His his little organization will just crumble, right? Kill the leader. Cut off the head. Just try it. Just once. We'll see. Because Dongmei had opportunity he had motive he was alone in a room with this man with one egg and he did nothing he woke up and chose not violence for the first time in his life (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like i am not usually i don't know i was gonna say i'm not usually a person that condones violence and just killing off the main bad guy but i'm pretty sure i am i'm pretty sure every k-drama we've ever watched i've been like what if you just kill the bad guy will that solve our problem (laughs) so yikes that's on me but it just really feels like this is a show where lots of people die all the time he's lived a long life i wouldn't call it a good life but i'd call it a long life and why how how doesn't seem like we should be here with him here too i don't get it i don't like it Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. i'm just not prepared <laughs> for the ending of this show i jason was like it's just kind of sucks like winding down to the end and knowing that joseon loses like if we're going for historical accuracy at least and i was like i don't know anything about history so that's a surprise to me thanks <laughs> that's a spoiler jason that's so a historical spoiler. spoiler you can't tell me what happened 100 years ago and expect me to know that okay you've spoiled the show for me i do feel like if we're going by the fact that the country of Joseon doesn't necessarily exist anymore. The country of Korea, of South Korea specifically, does. But the country of Joseon? Not so much. Yeah, that's fair. 
It just you just want the independent spiders to win. That's all you want. Or at least give us a Star Wars ending where the war is going to continue forever. There's going to be the rebel army and the rebel battalion or whatever the B1 was. And uh, <laughs> and the empire. And the empire of Japan and America and the kingdom of Joseon. All working against each other forever into yeah. eternity. That is a series I would watch. Yes. What if this series was like American television went on for six seasons in a movie and then we just hated it by the end of that and so if they kill everyone I won't have to be as sad I assume it would be like a Game of Thrones where you lose main characters here and there and it hurts but we're already getting so many more characters like Freaking episode 16 being like, hey, let's introduce these four scholars. Do you know these four boys? They're interested in guns. They're going to join the army for suspicious reasons. And you're like, yeah. don't get me attached to them. This is episode 16, sir. No more new characters. No longer accepting applications for new characters. I'm sorry. Get that out of here. They're too young. I'm worried for them. They seem dumb. Maybe they're not good. Maybe they are good. They seem fine. I'm I'm worried that you're going to make them better than they are now. And then, what? I cry when they die? Feels wrong. Feels a little bit cheap, okay? <laughs> but also, if they can continue this show into its second season, I guess I'll get attached. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Like, um, it's it me. Going. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's you it's, Yeah, no, I I said it was mean. Not, excuse me, it's me. Excuse me. <laughs> me. I I mean it is you. I did take the last one, so it is you, and that that felt fine for you to say. <laughs> I was just gonna take a cheap shot at the time that Eugene kind of made an inappropriate your mama joke. Um. <laughs> When, when Hui Song walks into his room, and he's drunk, and he sits down on the chair, and then he looks down, and the ornament that his mom had dropped earlier was on the table. He's like, "Why? What's this ornament doing in your room?" And Eugene was like, "Oh yeah, your mama left it for me." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Oh, Eugene. He didn't act. I don't think it was supposed to be anything resembling a your mama joke, but it did. <laughs> It did occur to me that it felt a little bit kind of like, oh, yeah, your mom was here in my room. She wasn't, but she went to the <laughs> legation. But he did not clear that up. I just loved that his mom went to the legation and begged Eugene not to tell her son anything. And then maybe two hours later, he's like, wouldn't you like to hear a story? I'm like, oh, Eugene, dang. Yeah, maybe you should go asking more questions about what happened. I won't tell you, but I will tell you just enough that you know who to ask about what. Uh-huh. Okay, Eugene. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm glad he knows. I'm really sad for Hui Song. I understand why his mom didn't want him to know. Coming from the standpoint of, like, thinking about her as a mother who is trying to protect her son who was innocent in the situation I totally also get that Eugene went through a situation where he was the innocent son in a situation with innocent parents that were killed and he was left to survive the world without them and so you know this is one of those gray areas where there's just a lot of right and a lot of wrong and they all just get a little bit mixed up together yeah, I've recently been introduced to the concept of you shouldn't wish your hardships on others just because you had to experience them. And although it was in uh, relation to student debt, and they were talking about, like, sorry, your student debt couldn't get relieved, but maybe it can be relieved for others and start a better cycle. Sorry if that upsets you somehow. 
But you know, maybe that also applies to parent murder and uh, paying for your parents' sins. And you're like, I know I will never ask Eugene to be the bigger person after what he went through. That's not fair. He's allowed to suffer for, you know, in whatever ways he wants to. But it's just hard to watch him be like, I paid for my parents' sins and that's what I hated. So now you will do the same. <laughs> it is one of those things where it's it's a little bit like the person he's hurting the most by not forgiving them is kind of himself in a way. Because uh, yeah. he's just living with a lot of torment. But also, like, healing is not linear. And it's not like, well, this amount of time has passed, so you should be over it. You should be over that time that we tried to sell your mom because some rich guy wanted to have sex with her. So we killed your dad and then we were going to kill you too. And then your mom had to pull some stunts to get you out of it. So if you could get over it and leave our son out of it, that'd be great. It's like, no, Eugene gets to do whatever he wants because that sucks. That really sucks. And... Not gonna lie, I feel like you guys would do the same thing. Literally, however many years later, yeah, I do feel like his parents, or Hui Song's parents, would still do the exact same thing today. Yep, they are not better people all of a sudden. No. They didn't really grow as people after that happened. The most his mom even grew was being willing to like kneel down to Eugene to ask him to please not tell her son. And even then... That's one of those kind of empty gestures, really, if you haven't grown at all as a person, to just be like, but I will kneel down. I know that it's very culturally significant, but... Yeah, it's got huge cultural significance, but it feels like, I don't know... For their culture that they blocked him out of? Yeah, and it feels like a mother's love for her son. Like, she would do literally anything... Just as Eugene was like, my mom was willing to do anything, and I don't feel like you understand or appreciate that at all. And Right. You didn't grow to know that you are in the same position she was. You are just asking and trying to play on my guilt, and uh -huh. that's not okay. That's not okay. Even though Sui so Sung no. is great, and I love him. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind I'm of want to just run away with him <laughs> there is still a part of me that wants to murder him every time he talks and you know i might someday in the name of <laughs> justice for my parents and you'll just have to That's live fair. with that <laughs> uh on the topic of hui song i am super excited that he's gonna become a newspaper journalist of the first all korean newspaper I love that for him. Character arcs all the way. Give them all to Hui Song. He deserves good things. He is a good boy. I love him. I love him. I'm so sad for him. I really want his life to get better than it is. I want someone to care for him. And I I just want him to be a happy boy. Mm -hmm. I think being around the two guys who own the general store will be great. I think those three are an unexpected trio that will delight me to no end. Yep, that's going to be maybe the best thing this show has given to us yet, and I'm really excited <laughs> to see it play out. The only other thing that I might be equally excited for is to see if we get some kind of really, really cool training montage out of uh, Eugene becoming the drill instructor for the Joseon military. Right? That was also a very cool promotion, and it was really hard, because I know Aisheen made a big speech about, I'm not going to hide behind the man I want to marry, the man who's in my heart. I'm not going to make him come here just so he can be my shield. And I think he was doing the same thing, although he hadn't accepted, or he hadn't been formally granted the job from the emperor yet. I do feel like he could have kind of hidden behind it a little bit when meeting Aisheen's grandpa and been like, Actually, I'm not just a slave boy. I'm the commander of the Royal Army of Korea. And that would have been so impressive. 
and cool and I wanted him to say it so badly, but I'm so proud of him for being like, no, I'm a slave boy and if you're going to look down on me for that, like a slave boy and an American, and if you're going to look down on me for those things, go right ahead. I don't care. Yeah. Like, like I oh. gave up on making the people of Joseon who are too involved in class rules uh, happy. I gave up on that a long time ago. I'm not interested in that game anymore. That is a game I don't play. You're so much better than me. You're <laughs> such a better man. I would get right back into the game and be like, I'm winning. I'm winning now. <laughs> so put me back in the game. Put me in the game. Put me in the game, coach. I uh, I have an ace up my sleeve. Is that how games work? You go in the game. You have a coach, <laughs> but it's also poker. <laughs> and also, you're cheating right off the start. Yeah. <laughs> I did bring my own aces. Is that how poker works? Oh no. Well, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> hey, you know how they gave him um. A mountain to mm -hmm. of land. Do you feel like... So it's the mountain that his parents are buried on, right? I think so. I just feel like if he builds a house or anything on a mass burial ground, especially a mass burial ground of slaves that maybe didn't always have the best life, feels like it's for sure going to be haunted, you know? Oh, and rightfully sure. so. Those ghosts deserve to, like wreak some havoc after what they went through so i'm not saying that eugene deserves to be the person who catches all of that haunting but like if you build a house there dude I, it just feels like a bad idea <laughs> i think i'm not clear but i think the potter and gunner jang also live on the same mountain oh which is to say gunner jang lives in a hut and the potter's house is probably also haunted. He's probably <laughs> fine with that. Doesn't get but, to him. They're fine with it. But him. yeah, for sure. That's a ghost mountain. 100%. Yeah. Feels like a good place to just plant the flowers his mom loved. Like, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those flowers. And then not live there. Just visit the ghosts sometimes. Apparently, mountains don't even matter. I would think that was a big deal. But he's like, like, everyone was so shocked that he only asked for a mountain. So I'd go in and be like, but can I get two mountains then? Maybe <laughs> right next to each other. Maybe there's one that's full of ghosts. One that's not so much, and I could put a house <laughs> on it. Can I have one? I mean, people one... clearly just give these away. Yeah, and then I'll just visit Ghost Mountain. Uh-huh. Um... I'll just hop on over from my mountain to Ghost Mountain. I figured it out. The emperor <laughs> was like, you only wanted a mountain? You only so one? ask for two, bud. <laughs> I'm just saying. You fool. Don't build your house on Ghost Mountain. <laughs> e you know a storyline that I was delighted with unexpectedly was Dong Mei getting arrested. Yeah, whoa. Sad for him a what? little bit, but, like, we really saw his character there. And we saw everybody else show up. Yes. Like, everybody in town was like, we're going to get Dongmei out of prison, right? And that was a collective <laughs> effort that was so beautiful. <laughs> They're like, you know, he scares the shit out of us, but also, he does some pretty cool stuff. He's got some, he's got some stuff going on. What if we all work together to break him out of jail? I think an unexpected, delightful scene was Eugene and Huisong fighting the Mushin Society. Oh my gosh, I was pretty ex I was pretty surprised by Huisong actually. Like there were moments, oh obviously, that they definitely threw in there that were like, "Ah, oh, the boy, he does not know what uh -huh. he's doing." Uh huh. But he also, like, didn't die, so... That's impressive in its own right. <laughs> Just the way he went into it was peak comedy. <laughs> Amazingly done. And then to end the scene with Dong Mei's 
second in command who probably has a name, but I don't know it. He shows up and he's like, our bad guys and apologizes to Eugene and they start to collaborate. And I was like, I was so worried in the last four episodes that that guy was about to turn on Dong Mei. He was giving him some looks like, you're a little bit whipped, bud. It might be time to leave the society. Turn around, put Dong Mei in prison. And suddenly he's like, but that's my boy. I would do anything for him. Like, oh. Hey, that's my dad. Leave him alone. <laughs> um, maybe that guy just has, like, big-time resting bitch face, and the whole time we were misreading his angry looks, and they were really just like, I'd die for you looks. Yeah, and I didn't even know, but I see it now when he uses <laughs> his words to talk to Eugene. Yep, and he says, I'd die for that man. That man's my dad. remember when he said that (laughs) remember when he said that and we were like isn't dog may like 10 years younger than you and he was like no he's my dad (laughs) i remember that yeah (laughs) oh everyone just rally around dog may he deserves it he does he is a he's also a breakout character of this show that i didn't expect to i mean it did kind of feel early on like they were gonna force us to love him in a way i didn't expect from like hui song or kyle moore so i'm not as surprised that i love him but he gets better and better as the show goes on i think it's surprising that someone who switches allegiances so much can be so likable even when he's working against the main characters he's not that bad He's kind of like, this week I'm working for the Japanese, so I'll kind of stay out of your guys' way. This week I'm working for Aisheen, apparently, so I'm going to visit her grandpa and help him out. And you're like, bud, the reading between (laughs) the lines that you do is just superb. (laughs) It is. It's pretty much a superpower is to somehow play the entire field and not become the most dislikable person in the world because mm-hmm. he's so good at just like you said he if he's working in any way against them it he stays out of their way and then uses whatever intel he gathered at that time when he switches allegiances but he never uses the intel he gathers from them to hurt them which is really nice. I think the closest he ever got was when he got that one maid fired. And she kind of sucked, you know? So. Yeah, she keeps coming back. I really feel like this show is very consistent with being like, you see a character, you see their face one too many times, they're going to have a name. Yep. And a storyline. And a scar on their face. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. Which, I mean... I think she got off pretty easy, to be to right? be completely honest. I thought she was about to die. I thought that was it for her. So I'm surprised Dong Mei didn't track her down. But maybe he will. I'm I'm not gonna be surprised if next episode she does die. But yeah, Hinokudo. She's very good at the subtle punishments. I love it for her. Yeah. It's good. It feels right. It felt good to watch her turn around and kind of I don't know because the maid started talking shit on Dong Mei while she was kneeling there and it was like bitch if you have not learned by this (laughs) point that Hina is really tight with Dong Mei then you are just as dumb as Hina thinks you are for real Did you even work at the hotel? They were always together. Like, obviously, he's an employee, but also, he and Hida seemed pretty close. What are you even doing? I mm, Fool. The idiocy is off the charts. Yeah. So it feels really good, though, to watch Hina and Dongmei's friendship once again fully solidified. Just every time they confirm that they are total bros and they love each other so much... I, uh, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> it's a beautiful moment. Oh, even watching Dong Mei walk around town as soon as he's released and kind of uh, 
settle his debts. Where first he meets with Eugene just outside of the prison and Eugene gives him a list of all the people who helped him. And then he goes and murders the Japanese guy who beat him half to death. And then he goes and hugs Hotaru. I think that's her name. Finally wrote it down. The fortune teller. <laughs> She's got a name. And of course gives she that does. Little, of course she does. He gives that little nod to Hina. Like, thanks, girl. Thanks for watching Hotaru for me. <laughs> so good. So pure. Also, the sweet little hug hold that they do uh, when he does go to pick her up from Hina's. And it's, I don't know. I just love to see people hugging. It was a good hug. Do you think she's his sister? I don't, I have, I, y- yes, I don't know. Yeah? No? <laughs> Who's to say? It's that thing, my guess is that they were like street urchin kids together in Japan at some point. So it's like a family. But it's just so odd in a period drama like this to see people hugging. To see people who are not related and of the opposite sex hugging. And I'm like, they're hugging right now. What does this mean? I feel like they've got to be related now because otherwise... This Are they crazy. in love? Are they in love? What's happening? Yeah, because <laughs> at this point we get a lot of hugs out of Eugene and Aishin. Just like a bunch of hugs. No kisses. We don't put our... We don't even consider putting our faces on each other romantic. Because it's the early 1900s. We are not there yet. We are not heathens. Mm-mm. We are respectable people in society. <laughs> even their hugs, it's often like... Aishin's doing the hugging, and Eugene's like, yes, I shall stand here and receive the hug, thank you. (laughs) Like, y'all are the main characters of the show, of this very romantic show. Eugene, can you get, can you get a little more into this? Nope. No. I mean, have you seen his love letters? He's into it. Yeah. Just not into hugging. The, you know, it's not his love language. He's more of like a acts of service and words of affirmation kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, here and there he'll do some gift giving, but the touch is really low down on his love yeah. language chart. Say it with us. Hugging is for heathens. <laughs> we don't play that game. None of that. None of that. Oh, So much happens with their love story that it's hard to even summarize. Where I'm like, probably... They broke up, and they got back together, and then they broke up and got back together. Am I right? Maybe? Did the... I don't know if, like, the second and third breakup both happened. Uh, But, like, I don't know that it didn't. It's really hard to say, because every once in a while, they'll have a conversation where I'm like, are they breaking up, or are they just really sad because it's going to be a really hard journey to be together? And they don't mm-hmm. know when it will happen again, but they're still, like, in this? Or are they breaking up? I, I couldn't say, honestly. That's fair. That's a good way to put it. It seems like they just go through periods of sadness that feel like breakup sadness, but maybe aren't. And then they see each other again, and it's like nothing ever happened. And so I'm like, oh, did I just misunderstand? Or they talk to someone else. And, like... Eugene has a conversation with Gunnar Jang at some point, and Gunnar Jang's like, I guess Aishin's gonna be in love with you forever, so you better take care of her, and Eugene's like, got it. We're on the same page there. And he's like, are we? I thought you guys were like, oh man, it sucks that we can't be together. I thought that's where we were at, because it seems like that's where you're always at. But no, we're good, we're being together. And then there was definitely a point in time when I thought, oh yeah, Asian has resigned herself to, like, she does plan on just getting married and conceding that because, you know, Hui Song is turning out to be not that bad of a guy. And so they're just friends, but obviously they're in love, you know, her and Eugene. Um, but it, she's got some stuff she's got to do, you know? Like, she lives in the early 1900s in Joseon, so, like, Good luck, I guess. Uh, hope hope we get over each other while seeing each other every day. Um, 
And then, yeah, all of a sudden, like you said, there's a conversation where it's like, oh, no, we're ki-. And then, like, she'll be like, hey, hey, Grandpa, I'm going to throw away my life because I'm in love. And it's, Raquel doesn't disagree with that necessarily. I just didn't see it coming because I thought she had decided on the going with the flow thing. I think you and I are both on the same page of being generally confused about their relationship, but not at all in a bad way. Like, I'm so into it. It's beautiful. They make me so happy. They're gorgeous. In fact, the only reason that I even noticed that they haven't kissed is because uh, I'm so into their relationship that I'm begging them in my mind constantly. (laughs) Just one, like, quick kiss. Like, little, like, chaste. (laughs) You know, (laughs) air kiss. I don't know. (laughs) Give Raquel anything. I just, they're so beautiful. They're so lovely. I feel the romance so much. But sometimes it just feels like they're really good friends who have deep conversations. Mm. That's what what romance without touch is for me, I guess. It's just like really good friendship. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of nice. You make plans together, like big plans, maybe some life plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, The weekend stuff. Yeah. And then you uh, go to the beach and you sit a foot (laughs) apart. Ride ride your horses for days. I thought it was like an afternoon and she was like, it took days to reach the ocean. Yep. (laughs) Literal days. I'm sorry. Where did you sleep? What? <laughs> what did you do? Who? Did, how did you tell people like I'm just gonna be out of town for the next couple weeks? Don't tell anybody I'm gone. Well, I mean, she played the <laughs> I'm sick, which seems totally legit for an afternoon. I didn't realize she asked her servants to cover for her for three days. It's like, like what? What is that? No. Hey, yeah, I Eugene thought that beach a scene was a lot shorter. <laughs> Don't get Eugene fired before he gets his promotion. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, very cute, very romantic little date on the beach. Oh, and their little flash forward or their their dream of living in New York together. It was everything my heart wanted. <laughs> That's when I told Jason it was going to be a sad ending. He was like, is this normal? What's happening? It's really long. (laughs) And I was like, they're showing you what the ending should be to the show because it's not what it's going to be. They're not going to let it be this. (laughs) (laughs) He was so disappointed. I was like, welcome to (laughs) K-Dramas. If they give you this much happiness in the form of a little dream... It means it's never going to happen and you're going to be torn to pieces. Yeah, they want to give it to you in some form, but you know that if they give it to you in this form, it's not happening in their real lives. Um, I did kind of feel like her dream, though, her little daydream became kind of like an acid dream around the time that a zebra showed up. so cute though because she had the little card where she's studying her alphabet and it said zebra and she was like they have these types of horses in america how amazing (laughs) i'll put it do they just stand in the middle of a grassy field next to a building (laughs) i mean sometimes maybe this won't make sense to people not from america but sometimes i see America, and I'm like, that's not America, though. Like, they're not even in America. I don't know why they flew to Europe to shoot all these scenes. And I'm like, no, I know that that's probably what the East Coast looks like, but I've never been there. I've never seen that much ivy in my life. So all the places that they were visiting were, like, beyond my wildest imagination. (laughs) I have been to Boston, which is, like, ivy and old buildings and Harvard campus, Mm. and um, there's, like, a whole walk around town that you can do where you see all of the historical sites, and I totally did it with our friend Shelby, 
and um it was awesome it was so cool uh there is no building that i know of that just says boston on it that's like a really really old building i don't know maybe i like missed that (laughs) but yeah she had like a building that says new york to really drive home that they're in new york in her dream it's just really wholesome and then like her um her study group kind of looked like that's what (laughs) <laughs> felt like an acid acid trip to me. Yeah, because it was like it looked like the pamphlet for a modern day college if that college was having like a dress up like the 1900s day, early 1900s day. Mm-hmm. Uh, dress up like it's 1903. We love to see it. You are really committed. We're going to yeah. take your picture for sure. We'll put it on the website. But like this is not what it would have looked like in the 1900s. We can all agree on that, right? Yes. Uh, it reminds me of this time. Okay, so I went to, um, I went to Portland with some friends about a year ago now, which is buck wild. We didn't know that COVID was as bad as it was, so we traveled, and we went to Portland around this time a few years ago. And it was uh, me and my friend Sophia. So we were like the two token white girls and then our friends from uh, our friends Vivian and Finn and they're from Vietnam and then uh, our friend Manuel whose family is from Mexico and we went to a restaurant and we got given like a free appetizer because the waiting staff just assumed we were a bunch of poor college students And, and when we were walking out we were talking about how we kind of felt bad accepting the free appetizers and then our friend finn was like i mean it's their fault for assuming that we were just poor college students but also we did straight up look like a pamphlet for a college like 100 (laughs) percent. that's what we we definitely looked like and i was like you know i see it looking around i was the (laughs) oldest person there i was 26 so um, but yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I was like, wow, look at that diverse group of people that didn't were not allowed to hang out with each other, would not be caught dead with each other in 1903 in America. But Aisheen's imagination is just so much more beautiful than the world we had. Yep. I would live in that, America. That's the only time travel I want to do, is if it's a fictional world where everyone was way more accepting than they were. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. Good for you, Aisheen. <laughs> what a beautiful little dream you have. I love it. Um, I'm pretty sure... Okay, this is the last thing I want to say, and it's not at all important. But I'm pretty sure for, like, the first 15 episodes, I thought Huisong's last name was Bick. I don't know why I thought he was Bick Huisong. So I'm just going to put it out there as a little correction that I'm very sorry if in any of our past episodes <laughs> I constantly called him Bae Huisong. Because I'm pretty sure I did. And his name is Kim. Kim Huisong. I didn't know. So, whoops. I, do- I don't remember you doing that. Maybe it did happen. I just don't remember it. Maybe, I don't think I've edited the episodes yet. I could always try and take it out. <laughs> it's just like a little pause oh, and no. then you say, like, Huisong. <laughs> And then this part you could just delete entirely. <laughs> so none of it makes sense. Nothing makes sense. No, I will not remove it. So if you're listening to this right now, if we've made it here, I didn't remove anything. Emily just got it right or wrong. I don't know. Um we but don't know. I didn't know his I didn't know his surname was Kim, or I guess given name. Uh nope. Family name was Kim. Until this episode but I just didn't I don't know if I thought about it I don't know that I uh-huh. knew it was anything you know I just didn't he was Huisong and uh that's as far as I got in my big yeah. dumb brain Eugene Che was locked down Hinakudo easy even by now I, I can do Dongmei and Aishin but I think for the first few episodes the fact that it was Gu Dongmei and Go Aishin was so confusing to me that I was like, don't even try. Never <laughs> use their last names. You will mix them up. Last names are just 
almost impossible, but it feels so weird when watching Korean dramas to not use all three names. Yeah, every once in a while, because I, I almost always exclusively refer to them by their given name, so just their first names, because I am very afraid of what we have just outlined, just getting it wrong <laughs> for a really long time, and then realizing halfway through that I have been giving them all just, like, really random last names. <laughs> we'll stick with first names only. Aishin, Dongmei, Huisong, Eugene. We can do this. Yeah. It's actually working out really well so far. I think we've mm -hmm. not messed up anyone's name, except maybe Huisong's. Yeah. I also need to just go back to nicknames, because I feel like we've watched so many dramas that I'm like, you're getting better with Korean names. So just write down people's names so you can remember. Looking at my notes... There are at least three names of people who I have no idea who they are, and I don't know what scene I'm describing, so it's completely unhelpful. It's so much easier to say Aishin's grandpa than to say, like, Lord Go. I know this is his last name, but uh, they said his name at least 42 times. They oh, said yeah. his name so many times. I could not tell you what it is, though, right now. No idea. Even um, if I'd written it down, I wouldn't know it. <laughs> There's one that, so when they were listing off the names of, like, her dad's friends uh, and mm -hmm. her dad, and I can remember Songwon, and I can remember, well, I thought I could remember, is it Youngju? Sure. Uh, I think is the one that killed them, or, yeah, the he was the one that went bad. Oh, you nailed it. Oh. I did write that down. Yes. Um... But the other two are alive, are kicking. One of them has an active role in this K-drama. Uh-huh. I do not know that guy's name. I do not know his name. They said it... It might be one of the names I wrote down. Yeah, they said it a lot. They said both of their uh -huh. names a lot. Because I think the other one, they're trying to protect his identity. Because I think he's, like, somewhere doing something. And I don't know what. And if it's come up and I just missed it, dang, I'm sorry. But it's like, it's song something. Um, and he is doing something. Because I think he's the one that they were talking about where they were like, we need to make sure that the American doesn't find out like about this person. And I mm. think it was him. Oh, so, the fourth guy. Yeah. So I don't know what he's doing. Dang. But, that'll come up later, I'm sure. Yeah. Or he's dead. I don't know. <laughs> or he's dead by now, like the other two in the picture. Yikes. But also very convenient. Until we find out, I will support you in trying to memorize all of their names and keep track of them for me. Heck yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. I usually make you in charge of that, so I feel like it's about time I paid my dues. <laughs> I'll pass the buck. Um, if you're better than names, better at names than we are, who's here talking to me? My brain is dead. I'm done with podcasting. Please send us an email at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, check out our website where we've got ways to sign up for newsletters. Our episodes are posted there. You can comment. There's lots of stuff, things, links, affiliates. Check it all out at playonk.com. You can visit our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash playonk, if you want to support the show with your money, and also get access to some of our bonus content. Yeah, and then we also are on social media. On Instagram, we're at playonkpodcast, and on Twitter, we're at playonk. You can interact with us there, you can just check for updates there, whatever your favorite way to do social media is, it's our favorite way, too. <laughs> And finally, we are on whatever streaming platforms you're listening to this through. And if you can, we would super appreciate a review and a rating as it would help other people find our show. It would get us more seen on the charts. Put us on the charts. I don't know if that's possible, but, you know, try. <laughs> and we would appreciate it so, so much if you did. 
Yeah, thank you so much, and thank you for listening. And we'll see you. Listen, we'll we'll see you with your ears, with our voices next week. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye.